Chapter fifty seven of Dread, a Tale of the Great Dismal Swamp by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter fifty seven Clear Shining After Rain. Clayton had occasion to visit New York on business. He never went without carrying some token of remembrance from the friends in his settlement to Milly, now indeed far advanced in years, while yet, in the expressive words of Scripture, her eye was not dim, nor her natural force abated. He found her in a neat little tenement in one of the outer streets of New York, surrounded by about a dozen children, among whom were blacks, whites, and foreigners. These she had rescued from utter destitution in the streets, and was giving to them all the attention and affection of a mother. "'Why, bless you, sir,' she said to him pleasantly, as he opened the door. "'It's good to see you once more. How is Miss Anne?' "'Very well, Milly. She sent you this little packet, and you will find something from Harry and Lizette, and all the rest of your friends in our settlement.' "'Ah, are these all your children, Milly?' "'Yes, honey, mine and de lords. "'Dis year's my second dozen.' The first is all in good places and doing well. I keeps my eye on em and goes round to see em after a little, now and then. And how is Tomet? Oh, Tomet's doing beautiful. Thank you, sir. He's come a Christian, enjoying the church, and they has him to wait and tend at the anti-slavery office, and he does well. I see you have black and white here, said Clayton, glancing around the circle. Laws, yes, said Milly looking complacently around. I don't make no distinctions of color. I don't believe in them. White children, when they hate themselves, is just as good as black, and I loves them just as well. Don't you think it's a little hard you should have to work so in your old age? Why, bless you, honey, no, I takes comfort of my money as I goes along. There's a heap in me yet, she said, laughing. I was hoping to get this year batch put out and take it in another before I die. You see, she said, this year's the way I took to get my heart whole. I found it was getting so sore for my children I'd had took from me. Pears like the older I growed, the more I thought about em. But long's I keeps doing for children, it kinder eases me. I calls em all mine, so I's got good many children now. We will inform our reader in passing that Millie, in the course of her life, on the humble wages of a laboring woman, took from the streets, brought up and placed in reputable situations, no less than forty destitute children. Footnote. These circumstances are true of an old colored woman in New York, known by the name of Aunt Katie, who in her youth was a slave, and who is said to have established among these destitute children the first Sunday school in the city of New York. When Clayton returned to Boston, he received a note written in a graceful female hand from Fanny, expressing her gratitude for his kindness to her and her brother, and begging that he would come and spend a day with them at their cottage in the vicinity of the city. Accordingly, eight o'clock the next morning found him whirling in the cars through green fields and pleasant meadows, garlanded with flowers and draped with bending elms, to one of those peaceful villages which lie like pearls on the bosom of our fair old mother, Massachusetts. 
stopping at blank station he inquired his way to a little eminence which commanded a view of one of those charming lakes which open their blue eyes everywhere through the new england landscape here embowered in blossoming trees stood a little gothic cottage a perfect gem of rural irregularity and fanciful beauty a porch in the front of it was supported on pillars of cedar with a rough bark still on around which were trained multitudes of climbing roses now in full flower from the porch a rustic bridge led across a little ravine into a summer-house which was built like a nest into the branches of a great oak which grew up from the hollow below the knoll on which the house stood a light form dressed in a pretty white wrapper came fluttering across the bridge as clayton ascended the steps of the porch perhaps our readers may recognize in the smoothly parted brown hair the large blue eyes and the, and the bashful earnestness of the face our sometime little friend fanny if they do not we think they'll be familiar with the cheery ho 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 which comes from the porch as our old friend tiff dressed in a respectable suit of black comes bowing forward bless de lord master clayton it's good for de eyes to look at you so you's come to see miss fanny now she's come to her property and has got the place she ought for to have ah ah old tiff allers knows it he seed it he knowed the lord would bring her outright and he did ho 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 yes said fanny and i sometimes think i don't enjoy it half as well as uncle tiff i'm sure he ought to have some comfort of us for he worked hard enough for us didn't you uncle tiff work bless your soul didn't i said tiff giggling all over in cheerful undulations reckon i has work though i doesn't have much of it to do now but i sees good of my work nowadays does so masters teddy he's growed up tall handsome young gentleman and he's in college only tink o that laws he can make the latin fly dis year's pretty good country too dere's families round here dat's even most up to old virginny and she goes with de best on em dat she does fanny now led clayton into the house and while she tripped upstairs to change her morning dress tiff busied himself in arranging cake and fruit on a silver salver as an apology for remaining in the room he seemed to consider the interval as an appropriate one for making some confidential communications on a subject that lay very near his heart so after looking out of the door with an air of great mystery to ascertain that miss fanny was really gone he returned to clayton and touched him on the elbow with an air of infinite secrecy and precaution this year aunt to be spoken of out loud he said it's been mighty anxious but bless the lord i's come safely through cause you see i's found out he's a right likely man beside being one of the very firstest old families in the state and dese year old families here bout as good as they was in virginny and when all's said and done he's de man dat's the ting after all cause a gal can't marry all the generations back if they is ever so nice but he's one of your likeliest men what's his name russell said tiff lifting up his hand apprehensively to his mouth and shouting out the name in a loud whisper i reckon he'll be here to-day cause master teddy's coming home and going to bring him with him so please master clayton you won't notice nothing cause miss fanny she's just like her ma 
she'll turn red clar up to her hair the body only looks at her see here said tiff fumbling in his pocket and producing a spectacle case out of which he extracted a portentous pair of gold-mounted spectacles see what he gives me the last time he's here i puts these year on of a sundays when i set down to read my bible indeed said clayton have you learned then to read why no honey i don't know as i can rightly say that's i learned to read cause i's amazing slow at that there but then i's learned all the best words like christ lord and god and them are and war days pretty thick i make out quite comfortable we shall not detain our readers with minute descriptions of how the day was spent how teddy came home from college a tall handsome fellow and rattled over latin and greek sentences in tiff's delighted ears who considered his learning as without a doubt the eighth wonder of the world nor how george russell came with him a handsome senior just graduated nor how fanny blushed and trembled when she told her guardian her little secret and like other ladies asked his advice after she had made up her mind nor shall we dilate on the yet brighter glories of the cottage three months after when clayton and anne and livy ray were all at the wedding and tiff became three and four times blessed in this brilliant consummation of his hopes the last time we saw him he was walking forth in magnificence his gold spectacles set conspicuously astride of his nose trundling a little wicker wagon which cradled a fair pearly little miss fanny whom he informed all beholders was the very spirit of the patents end of chapter fifty seven clear shining after rain